Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Man, we are so excited that you guys are here. We're kicking off our name tag series in the warm Florida weather, and uh, it's been awesome. Of course, one of my pastor buddies from New York sent me a picture. They got like 12 inches of snow right now. I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. Never mind. I'm not even complaining. But it's good to have you guys here. So we're jumping in the name tag series. And, and uh, man, I remember hearing this story about this poker player. They called him Pistol Pete. And the reason they called him Pistol Pete was because he was always quick to like snap call people. So if someone was betting, he would just jump in and call it. Uh, and so they, he kind of earned this nickname, Pistol Pete. And so uh, there was this one day, though, his, his nickname changed. And so uh, he was at the poker table. He was playing. Some guy uh, put in a big bet. He's like, man, I think I got this. And he called the bet. And as he called the bet, um, he did not have it. Okay. Uh, and so he lost, I mean, I think he lost like $60,000 on that one hand. So, I mean, he didn't have a whole lot left. And so he's, he's playing again. And as he's playing on this, uh, the next hand, uh, he was just so wound up from the hand before that, that he just went all in on the next thing. Looked at his card, just like, I'm going all in. And uh, that was not a good decision either because he lost. All right? And that day, uh, one of the guys at the table was like, you know what, we're going to start calling you spicy chicken. <laughs> he said, because it don't take long for you to regret what you just did. <laughs> How many guys ever had that kind of spicy chicken? You know what I mean? Like, it was good in the moment, but regrets came later, okay? And, uh, and so he... Uh, he said, they started calling him spicy chicken. Um, but how many of you guys have ever been like that in life where you let something that happened in this moment be the reason why you mess some things up in this moment? Oh, oh, seven of us. I said, how many of y'all have ever had some decision making over here cause you to make some bad decisions over here? Right. And, uh, and so he's like, man, because this didn't go right, I'm just going to let the effect and make sure this don't go right. Anybody ever had a bad relationship over here affect how you have relationships here, here and here? Come on. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. And I know for me, maybe you can connect with this. Maybe this resonates with you. But I know for me, one of the things that's so true is that I struggle to not let the decisions of my past dictate the direction of my future. I struggle to not let the decisions of my past dictate the direction of my future. If I'm not careful, and maybe you can resonate with this, I'll let what I've been through continue to be the thing that I go through. And what I know that God wants, us to help, wants to help us see and understand and know is that just because we've been through it doesn't mean we got to keep going through it. Turn to your neighbor and say, something's got to change. All right, and so today we're going to talk about name tags because you don't have to keep wearing it just because you've worn it before. And uh, so maybe this question will help you resonate with what we're talking about. Have you ever found yourself putting an old label on a new self? Have you ever found yourself trying to live the life God's called you to live today, but you can't but help but put the old name tag on? Anybody ever tried to walk in the purpose God had for you today, meanwhile carrying the baggage of yesterday, last week, last month, last year, last 10 years? Come on, right? And it, maybe you've gone through seasons where you're like, man, I, want, I don't want to keep being that person, but for some reason I keep waking up, and before I know it, I've put an old name tag on. 
Anybody ever, you got up to go to work one day and you're like, man, this is going to be the day that the Lord has made. Come on, where are my old church heads at? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will, man, look at y'all. Rejoice and be glad in it. Look at y'all. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. See, some of y'all grew up in Sunday school. <laughs> some of us grew up in sin. All right. But anyway, so <clears throat> no, like we, we all know what it feels like. And then all of a sudden you hadn't even made out your neighborhood yet. Somebody in traffic is going way too slow, right? You're like, go! You're trying to listen to worship music and be angry. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> lost another one. I am. Go! Move! And we all know what it feels like to want to be, I want to be this, but man, I'm struggling to not be this. Right. And man, we all know what that feels like. And I know there's a story in the Bible where we see it show up and it's in Luke chapter 15. And we're going to go there today. We're going to spend all of our time for the most part in Luke 15, pulling this story apart about this young man in the Bible who struggles between the name tag that he has and the name tag he should be wearing. Right. And so let's go. Luke 15, 11 through 15. Let's read it. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So he spent it all on on women and partying and drugs and all those things. He he spent it all. After he had spent everything, say everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. So I want you to think about this for a second. We got a young man. He's come from prestige. He comes from the mansion. His dad's got land. He says, I don't even care about all this. I just want my inheritance now, right? And in the weeks to come, we're going to unpack why that was such a big deal. But I want my inheritance. So he gets his inheritance and he leaves and he goes and he just lives however he wants to live, right? And so he's, he's living this wild life and then he runs out of money and then he ain't got no friends. Because how many of you guys know sometimes the friends last as long as the money does. <laughs> when everything ain't going right for you, all of a sudden, where are you at? Anybody ever, I mean, I got your back. And then you turn around because you need help. And they're like, you were, I, I, you were way back there, huh? Like, so, so he, they were, he's living his life. All of a sudden, he's got nothing left. He ends up eating out of the pig pens because he's got nothing to eat. And he's in this famine. He's in this land. And he comes to this place where he has to go, man, this isn't the life that I wanted. And maybe you've been there before where the life you want to live and the life you're currently living aren't matching up. And today I want to talk to you. Today we're only going to talk about removing the name tag because I believe one of the hardest things we do in our lives is getting rid of the old. See, one, one of us, some of us, the reason we can't put on something new is because we just constantly live in the old. We stay in the old, we live in the old, we walk in the old, we talk in the old, we act in the old. And so today I want to put all of your attention on removing. Turn to your neighbor and say removing. Now turn to your second choice you just neglected on the other side of you, right? (laughs) Say, I'm removing it. We're going to talk about removing the name tag, right? You just met someone new. Congratulations, all right? So so removing the name tag because we got to take something off before we can put something on. Because if you put something on over the old, it's only a matter of time before the old shows back up. 
And so we've got to put something new on over the old. And so first thing I want you to understand, when we're removing the name tag, is removing the name tag means you have to take the name tag off yourself. You have to take the name tag off yourself. I know so many people that are navigating this component of their life. They're, they want a different name. They want to be free. They want to walk in something else. They're looking for everybody else to do the work for them. I want to be free. I want a different name. It's like, all right, then let's go. Listen, and you're like, come on, can't somebody just, just, just start calling me something different? It's like, no, you got to walk in something different before you get called something different. Right? But the problem is for many people is how many guys know we all experience brokenness? Right? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How many of y'all know we all experience brokenness? Some of y'all's brokenness is lying. All right. No. We all experience brokenness. The problem is for many people, they like being broken because they have an excuse to be mean. And you got to want healing more than you want brokenness. Because you got to be ready to get rid of the excuses for why you are the way you are and start becoming the version of you that God wants you to become. And so he comes to this place where he says, you know, I gotta ta- I've got I've to take the name tag off myself. When we go to Luke chapter 15, verse 17, that's where we pick up the story. And this is what it says. He said, when he came to his senses, I love that because essentially he's like, hey, bruh, this ain't working. Anybody ever come to that moment? This ain't working. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me, say make me, make me like one of your hired servants. And he got up and went to his father. Now, that's an important part of this story because you got to understand what's about to happen. He said, I've sinned against heaven and against you, Dad. I'm no longer the worthy, worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. Give me the ability to just serve in the house. Listen, I'll make the plates. I'll clean the dishes. I'll clean out the stall. Just bring me back into the house. I don't need another name tag. I don't need a label. I don't need anything else. I just want a place where I can eat and sleep, where I don't have to start. Don't, you don't have to restore me or you don't have to redeem me. Just bring me back. And so he, he gets it all in his head. He's going to go talk to his father. And so it says he set out to go talk to his father. He said, all right, I'm going back. And so he sets out on this trip to go back, which brings me to my next point, that if you're going to remove the name tags, it means going back to the one that can replace it. If you're going to remove your name tag, it's going to mean going to the one that can replace it because here's the deal in and of yourself you can't pick a good name tag for you how many of you have ever tried to be good all on your own how many of you ever realized it doesn't last long because trisha at work just gets you five minutes into your shift come on help me out right y'all know everybody got a trisha if your name's trisha i'm sorry that was just a name we picked but you need to get it together. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just a name we pick. Like, what? Man, we all got something. We got the, the guy in traffic at the front of our neighborhood. We got Trisha at work. We got Mc, McFlurry machines are down. So that's already setting the tone. Help me out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. McDonald's is charging extra for sauces again. So, oh, man. Everyone's getting them on nerves. Because hear me, if you're anything like me, it's real hard for you to be great all on your own. 
what you need, it's real hard for you to create a new name tag for yourself because if it's up to you, you're probably going to end up putting on an old one or another one that's just as bad. What you need is someone to replace it for you who can call you what you are, not just what you see. And he goes to his father. We pick up in verses 20 through 21. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And he was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And so what is he doing? He's, he's saying the thing he rehearsed. How many of y'all ever got in trouble before and you started rehearsing what you were going to tell your parents? And then y'all got siblings. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right? It was Natalie. She did it. I wasn't even there. I was outside. Like, so he, he's rehearsing what he's going to tell his father. And I imagine he's like rehearsing it the whole way there, right? So he's like, Father, I've sinned against heaven, against you. No longer worthy to be called your son. Make that one of your hired servants. Okay, I got it. He's rehearsed it. He's got it locked in. And he gets there and he says it. Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And his father cuts him off because he doesn't even want to hear the rest. And how many of us have ever come to the place with God where we come in with our agenda, we come in with our trajectory, we come in with our rehearsed script, we come in telling God what we think he needs to know. And the father looks at him and he says, quiet. I don't even care what you've got to say. I'm not interested in your apologies. All I care about is the fact that my son was lost and now he's home. I'm not interested And all the things that you think I need to hear, I'm only interested in the fact that you're standing right in front of me. And I love that before he could even ask to be a servant, he had already been restored as a son. Just make me like one of your, stop. I'll just, I'll clean out the, no, you won't. I'll just wash the, not in my house. I know you went out. I know you did that. I know you went out and you went there. I know you made these mistakes. I know you lived this life. I know you went down that road. I know you spent all the money. But listen to me. When you walk in this house, you'll never be a servant because you'll always be a son. And before he could even ask to be a servant, God said, you're already a son. And listen to me. For some of you, you've assigned to yourself you'll only ever be a beggar in God's kingdom. And he says, no, no, no. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. You don't have to live in the pig pens of life because God wants to redeem. He wants to restore. He wants to speak life. And he brings them back in. And we go to verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, say quick, quick, he says. So I want you to see this happening. Son comes in, father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer to be worthy. You called your son. Just a quick, go get one of the robes. Matter of fact, what does it say? Bring the best robe. Well, who do you think owned the best robe in the house? The father. Because when the father, listen to me, when the father restores you, he puts his glory on you, not your mistakes back on you. And he wraps him in the robe and he says, put the best robe on him. He says, put sandals on his feet, which represents the prestige. You're no longer going to put dirt on your feet because you're back in the house. He says, I'm putting prestige back on you. He says, as a matter of fact, put the ring on his finger, which means he can now sign on behalf of the family again. Now, I have a problem with this. Because if he wasted all his money the first time, how many of y'all got a friend? See, I ain't even got to say it. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. All I said is, how many of y'all got a friend? You started laughing. How many got a friend? You ain't co-signing their loan. 
everybody. Right? How many of how many y'all got a friend? Hey, hey, man, I need a co-signer on my car. You're like, not a chance, bruh. Why? You owe me $100 from eighth grade. <laughs> I'm not co-signing your loan. Well, yeah, but that's the, bro, you've had three cars repossessed. I'm not signing your loan. It's like you had negative credit score. Like you can't even get, you can't get napkins from the store. You know what I'm saying? Like you got nothing. No, I'm not co-signing your loan. Why? Because you wasted it all. And I love that the father wasn't worried about what he wasted. He was only worried about what he could obtain. He says, put a ring back on his finger. He's in the family again. I'm not worried about where he came from. I'm worried about what we are going to see him become. He says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's keep reading. What he say? Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. And I love this moment of realization for this son who's coming home to his father because all of us come to the recollection that being subdued, being in slavery to our own desires is not a better place to be than being a servant in the house. I mean, I want you to think about it for a second. How many of us have ever pursued the freedom of our own wants only to find that the freedom of our own wants was worse bondage than the rules of God? So he goes after the desires that he has in his heart, but he finds that the desires there don't meet what he thought they were going to meet. They don't give him the fulfillment he thought they were going to give him. They don't take him to the places that he thought they were going to take him. If anything, the pursuit of his desires left him worse than the rules of his father's house. And that's why it's so important that you realize that being a son to a good God is better than being a slave to an evil master. I remember growing up in my house, we did chores. My dad and my mom right here in the front row, we did chores. And if you say, well, what was your allowance? I say, huh? (laughs) What was your allowance? The next day was my allowance. I could see it. That's what it was. I got to experience the sunrise. That was my allowance. Come on, anybody, any next day people in here, where y'all at? Come on, my over 35 crowd, you know, where (laughs) y'all at? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, the next day, I got to see that. It was glorious, all right? And uh, so we mowed the grass, we, the dishes, whatever. Like, whatever we had to do, we, we, we were all doing chores. But you want to know what? At some point uh, in my teen years, I thought, you know what? I'd rather have the pursuit of my own life than live in the rules of my parents. But I realized something, that getting shot at at somebody else's house isn't nearly as cool as sitting on the couch of my parents. And I don't mean that figuratively. Because there is a disaster of your own desires when they're rooted in sinful nature. And so, it did, I mean, I'm going after these things I want in my life. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this money. I'm going to do these things. And guess what? I did make that money, and I did do these things, and none of them brought fulfillment. But there was something. Listen, I could be a slave to my evil desires, or I could be a son in my father's house. So, listen, only one of them keeps peace. 
Only one of them speaks to your soul. Only one of them restores you. Only one of them, listen, I'm telling you right now, for some of us, we've pursued all the things of life looking for them to make us great, but all they were was slavery to an evil master. Your addictions, your pursuits, your desires were never good enough, and they never did what you thought they were going to do. But being a son in the Father's house, even with rules, is more freedom than the freedom you experience to an evil master. And says, I'm coming home. And so he, he comes in, and that's why I think Matthew 6, 24, Jesus gives us a picture, right? And he even says it. He says, no one can serve two masters, right? That's why I think, I think for many people in the spiritual world, now, now I don't mean this like from a medicine standpoint or medical standpoint. I, I believe there's a lot of people in Christian circles that are claiming to be bipolar. They're not bipolar. They're bi-spiritual. And what I mean by that is they're living two spiritual lives, and, and particularly in our city. I don't know about there in, in TV land. I don't know about where y'all at, but in, in Pensacola, it's small, all right? It's the biggest small city I've ever seen in my life because there's only two degrees of separation around here. Like, oh, you know them too? And so you, if you live in a Christian with this circle and you live in non-Christian in this circle, it's only a matter of time before those circles merge. And I believe what people are experiencing is the anxiety of the lives that they live rather than committing to one life and walking it out. That's why Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. You'll either one love or hate the other, or you'll hate one and you despise the, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. But listen, you can only have one life. And can I go ahead and put it this way? You only have one name tag. You don't get to live two different lives. You don't get to wear two different name tags. And so what we have to do is we have to make the conscious decision and say, I'm no longer going to be this. And I'm, I'm taking this, God has given me, and I'm putting it on. Why? Because I want to walk in that freedom, and I can see it. I can see the son who's running after his father. And, and, and I can see, I, listen, this, is, this isn't in the Bible, but this is just how I read it. This is the BLV, all right, the Brad Livingston version. But I, I, I can see him coming over the hill, and as he comes over the hill, and he sees his father's house, and, and what he didn't expect is to see his father sitting outside of his father's house. And his father sees him, and he sees his father, and they start running towards each other. And I can see how over time, because how many guys know that time may heal some things, but in the sin state, time actually magnifies things. And so the longer you're away from God, the more shame sits on your shoulder that you feel like it's from God, but it's not from him. And I can see him. He's got the shame of his decisions. He's got the guilt of running away. He's got the issues that he brought on himself. He's got the knowledge of the community that he destroyed his inheritance. He's got all of these things, and he's wearing them all like jackets that are cloaked on top of each other. And all of a sudden, he starts running after his father and in a pursuit of his father. And the father's in pursuit of him that every step he takes towards his father, Father, one more layer of guilt falls off. Every step, one more layer of shame falls off. One more layer of attitude. One more layer of unforgiveness. One more layer of bitterness. One more layer of hurt. One more layer falls off. And by the time he gets to his father, all he's got left is an embrace because everything's fallen off because he realizes, I didn't have to carry this this whole time. And that's why every step towards his father, he was shedding a layer of his name tag that he had built. Because he had built up the name tag failure. He had built up the name tag lost son, shame, guilt, squanderer, adulterer, addict, alcoholic. Part. He, had, he had obtained all of these name tags, but how many guys know as he pursued and got closer to the father, they started falling off and the only thing that was left was son by the time he got there. 
And I think about this pursuit that he has after his, his father, this pursuit to shed all of those things. And, and for some of you, that's why for some of you, when you come into worship, how many have ever felt the complete freedom that happens when you abandon yourself in worship and you just start worshiping the Lord? Like when you stop worrying about what people around you think and what people around you are doing, you stop trying to be in control of yourself and you finally just let God have just a moment in worship. How many of you guys have ever experienced that freedom? It's beautiful and it's glorious. You want to know why? Because you stop worrying about what you're wearing at that point. And your attention's on one thing. It's on one person. And his name is Jesus. Our worship is so powerful because we come in. How many of us have ever come in before and we knew what we were doing Friday and it made worship hard on Sunday? No one's raising their hand for that one. But I know it's in the room, so we're going to deal with it anyways. And so how many of us have ever cussed somebody out on Friday or Saturday or Sunday morning and we're here and... And so we're, we're trying to sing, and we're like, it is done, it is finished. But you're sitting there like, it is done, it is finished, Christ is one. Like, why? Because you don't have it in you to worship freely, because you're trying to worship through what you've done. You're trying to worship through what you've been. You're trying to worship through the actions that you've been carrying around. But there is a complete abandonment when you're in the presence of your father that you don't have to keep carrying the things of your past. And he's in this pursuit after his father, full embrace. That's why Psalm 97.5 says the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. And it's not the physical mountains, you know, in Colorado. They're the mountains you've allowed to get built up between you and God. Those mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 3.3, God says, in the middle of your affliction, in the midst of your affliction, this is what God says he is for you. And I want you to think about this because for some of us, we think God is far from us in the midst of our affliction. But this is what God said he is in the midst of your affliction. I am your shield. I am your defender. I am your fortress. I am your refuge. I am your supply. I am your healing. I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your joy. I am your wisdom. I am your strength. I am the glory and the lifter of your head. So for all of you that's been running from the Father because of what you've been through, he's inviting you to run back. Back into John, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But if you're anything like me, this one thing is true. If you're anything like me, maybe you can resonate with this next statement. That sometimes it takes a pig pen to appreciate the mansion. Come on. Anybody in here, you, you just let it get worse before it got better? Anybody in here like, man, let's just try this one more time my way? Anybody else in here like, you know what, maybe God's not right? Some of you are like, I wouldn't use that language, but that's what our actions say. <laughs> maybe God doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, mm, okay, right? Sometimes it takes the pig pen to appreciate the mansion Listen, the son was there. He had it all, but he had to go see for himself. And listen, all of us to some degree have gone to see for ourselves, realizing it wasn't what we thought it was, and we've come back. But I'm here to tell you, my hope for you today is that you realize that on your re-entry into God's presence, you realize that you don't have to stay the same person because he's here to set you free. You don't have to keep wearing divorced person as a name tag. You don't have to keep wearing 
addict as a name tag. You don't have to keep wearing religious person as a name tag because sometimes that's just as bad as anything else. You don't have to keep wearing bitter, full of unforgiveness. You don't have to keep wearing whatever it is from your past. Listen to me. You don't have to keep wearing that. Because it's so important that you understand that removing the name tag, removing the name tag declares that where I've been is not who I am. Removing the name tag declares where I've been is not who. Listen, I might have been there, but that's not who I am. I might have gone through that, but that doesn't mean that's who I am. That might have been a journey I went on. That doesn't mean that's my identity. I might have endured that process, but that doesn't mean that's all I'll ever be. Listen to me. If God has set something in your name tag, if God has called you restored, if God has called you child, if God has called you son or called you daughter, if God has spoken life into you, if God is giving you that, listen to me, it doesn't matter what you've been through when God wants to give you a new name. It doesn't matter what you've been endured. It doesn't matter what you've had. It doesn't matter the journey that you've gone on when God wants to give you a new name. Listen to me. For some of you, the only thing you're waiting on isn't God at all. It's just you to take one thing off so God can put a new thing on. God wants you to wear a new name tag. And I'm going to tell you today that God wants to speak life into you. He wants to help you. He wants to go on this journey with you. Can I just help you out today? What I've done and what I've gone through, it doesn't change how my heavenly father feels about me. For some of you, you think God feels differently about you because of the decisions that you made. God knew you were going to make those decisions and he still came after you. Which means you don't have to keep wearing the name tag, but Can I help you out with something else too? Just because other people remember my old name doesn't mean I have to keep wearing it. Just because that's how other people see me doesn't mean that's how I have to see me. I love walking through the mall nowadays. That's not true. I don't love walking through the mall. Sometimes I'll walk through the mall. I love when this thing happens when I walk through the mall. I'll put it that way. All right, because I don't like walking through the mall at all. If they could put all the shoe stores on one side, that'd be great. Um, but I, was, I love walking through the mall and this thing happens where I'll, I'll see, this, 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 like two weeks ago, I was just in the mall on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. I thought to myself, there will not be a single soul in this mall. This is the perfect time to go. I had not made it to one shoe store yet. And five people were like, Pastor Brad! I was like, don't y'all got jobs? What are y'all doing? Like, and so, and so there were, people were flagging me down. I was like, hey, what's going on? But in between those five people that were screaming, Pastor Brad, there was also people screaming, yo, Brad. And those people did not know me as Pastor Brad. Those people knew me as something else, all right? And so, but it was so interesting. I, I found it so interesting because within, within literally 10 to 15 minutes, I saw five people that knew me now and three people that knew me from then. And the three people that knew me from then, like, wait a minute, what have you, you been up to? I'm like, bro, do you even have social media? You know, like, you living under a rock? You know, they're like, one of them was actually like, no, I just got out. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then. So, but uh, <laughs> you don't have it. All right, cool. So, um, and so I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm a pastor now. They said, what? Like, yeah, a pastor at Transformation Church. Like, we've heard of that place. We heard it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's all right, you know. <laughs> I pastor it. So, you know. So. 
And uh, they all said they're going to come to TC. But it's awesome. But, but can I be honest with you? There's an uncomfortability when people from the past walk through our doors because they only know me one way. But you know, what I've, you know what I've learned? I've learned not to run from that. I've just learned to walk right up to it. Yeah, you're right. That was me. But look what the Lord has done. Come on. Right? <laughs> Come on, like, look. You know? That's why Luke 15, 32, the older brother's talking to the father in this story. And the father says, but we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. We have to celebrate. And can I just speak this to some of you guys as we wrap up today? We're talking about removing the name tag. Removing the name tag only lasts if I don't put it back on. Removing the name tag only lasts, listen, if I don't put it back on. Because people are going to try to put it back on you. Some people that are well-intended and some people that are wrong-intended, they're going to try to put it back on. Well, all you'll ever be is, that's for you, not for me. I might only ever be that for you, but I'm not that for me. All All you'll ever be is, maybe to you, but not to me. Listen, you can't put it back on. And I think about this story and I wonder, again, this isn't in the, this, this part what I'm going to share, it's not in the Bible, but surely if, if the younger brother was anything like me, I wonder if there were moments where he woke up on certain mornings and he, he looks in the mirror and he starts convincing himself he doesn't belong there. He's been restored. He's been brought back in. He's got the robe. He's got the ring. He's got the sandals. He's a son again. And I wonder, I wonder if there's been moments, if there were mornings that he woke up and he's looking in the mirror and he's like, man, you're a fraud. You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be a son. You don't deserve to be back in the family. And and I wonder if there were moments he was walking down the hallways of the house and he saw servants in the house whispering to each other and they look at him and they laugh and and he assumes they're talking about him even though they could have been talking about anything. But in his mind, he's he's convinced himself that, man, they're they're talking about me. I I shouldn't be here. This is, everyone's judging me. And and before you know it, he's, he's, he's taking son back off and he's putting off wayward son. He's taking that and he's putting back on prod. He's, He's taking that off and he's putting addict. He's taking that off and he's putting runaway, castaway. He's taking off son and he's putting on the name tag. And I, and I can see it right now. He's looking in the mirror and he's going, I don't know if I belong here. And all of a sudden he tells himself, I got to get out. I got to get out. And so he goes and he packs a bag and then he packs a bag. He puts his clothes in because how many guys know that the guilt and shame of your old name tag will convince you to run away from a blessing? So he's in this guilt place and he he says, I got to get out of here. So he packs a bag and he grabs his bag and he sneaks out the door and he's going down the hallway. And and, and as he's going out in the hallway, he's going towards the front door. But the only thing between the hallway and the front door is the table. And he sneaks up and he didn't want to make a scene. He just wanted to disappear. And he sneaks up to go out the front door. There's his father sitting right at the table. And his intention was to run away, but his father said, sit down, eat with me. 
You once were dead, now you're alive. You were lost, now you're found. Put that bag down. Because you're home. And in that moment, all the fear, all the guilt, all the shame, in one deep exhale, just rolled off his shoulders. And he realized what the father had been saying the whole time. I'm home. And how many guys know when you're home, you don't have to keep proving yourself. I've been thinking about this message. God, how do I communicate to our people how to take the next step with this? And this is what I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart. Stop running from the past that God wants to redeem and face it. Stop trying to get away from who you used to be. Stop trying to pretend, stop trying to put it in a closet. Stop trying to tie a pretty little bow on it. Stop trying to stuff it under the mattress or put it in the top drawer and pretend it didn't happen. It happened. That was you. But because it was you, it means that you get to celebrate who God has made you. You are not who you used to be. That name tag is not what you have to wear. God has given you a new name tag. Off with the old, in with the new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, where he has stepped in, all things have passed away. All things have become new. So you don't have to keep running from it. Stop pretending that didn't happen. That might have been where you've been. But listen to me, honey. That's not where you are, and that's not who you are. God has brought you out to make you something great, and he's going to show the world his power through your story. Because if the son hadn't ran away, and if he never came home, we wouldn't be preaching his story. And the people at your job, the people in your small group, the people you serve with on teams, the people you work with, the people in your community, the people you go to school with, they need to know your story. Because they need to know that God can redeem them the same way he redeemed you. That's why I think it's so important that we imagine, imagine the freedom you could have and the person you could be and the life you could live if you were free from wearing the name tag of your past. We could, ju- we could change more than just our life. We could start changing the lives of other people through the power of God. Who's ready to take off their name tag with me and start putting on a new one? Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we just thank you. God, we're so grateful that your redeeming power sets us free from the bondage of our past. God, I pray right now that you help us all see that you are redeeming us. You are bringing us home. We are sons and daughters. For all of us whose faith is in Jesus, we are restored as children of God. And so, would I just pray that you remind us that we don't have to wear our past like a shameful cloak on our shoulders, but that we can walk freely in the grace of God. And as we do, we realize that it's better to follow the rules 
as a son and daughter in our father's house than it is to pursue the slavery of our own desires. But now we get to do it because we're saved, not to try to be saved. So God, for every person that's here that's struggling with their own tension of their heart to let go of the past and pursue what's in front, I pray that you help us. And we thank you for that. Give peace and joy, restore in Jesus' name. If you're here today, very quickly say, Brad, I, I want that. But if I was honest, my life doesn't belong to Jesus. I know about God, but I wouldn't say I'm saved. I wouldn't say that I'm going to heaven. I wouldn't say that, I, that Jesus is the Lord of my life, but I want him to be. He's, I can feel him doing something He's speaking to my heart right now and I need to give him my life. And today, I want you to know that the sin in your life is no different than the sin in any of our lives. It separated us from God. But today, to be saved, it only takes putting faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for those sins. And today, if you're ready to receive forgiveness, walk in grace and make Jesus the Lord of your life, he's ready to meet you. And so I wanna invite you to say this prayer. This prayer doesn't save you, it just puts words to that belief that Jesus, when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins. That's all it takes to be saved. And so if you're ready to pray that prayer, I wanna invite you to repeat after me and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I give you my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Teach us give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time and we celebrate with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.